Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Just of It podcast. I'm your host, Jess Noretto, and oh my God, you guys, <laughs> I am still on like this high because I officially, okay, this is going to be kind of, we're going to travel back in time for a little bit because Today is April 6th, so yesterday I officially launched the podcast and um, launched the first episode, and I was so stinking nervous. I was nervous. I was like, why am I even doing this? And like, I had given myself a deadline of when I wanted to launch because I, I knew if I gave myself a set date, I would do it, and then I didn't. And I was like, well, I missed the deadline. Like, what's the point? It's it's over. Um, and I ended up doing it yesterday. I was not, I hadn't planned on doing it yesterday. It just kind of happened naturally. So I'm still today, even though this is episode three for you guys, for me, I'm still like, oh my gosh, it happened. I'm so excited. So first and foremost, just thank you to everybody who reached out. Uh, anybody who's listened already, thank you so, so, so much. I was not expecting the reaction to this that I got. So I'm very excited. This is what I want to be doing. So thank you so much to all of you who have reached out, who commented on the reel that I posted announcing this. You have no idea how much that means to me. With that being said, we are now on episode three of the Just of It podcast, which is kind of crazy because when I think back on when I recorded the first one, I th I think it was like back in February. I don't really know, but we're in episode three. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, I don't know if you guys can tell, but the sound quality is a little bit better because I bought a mic. I like, if you guys could see me right now, I'm like a legit podcaster. I have a mic. I have headphones. I have notes, you guys. I have notes. I, I'm like a, I'm like a podcaster. <laughs> you know. You know how they tell you dress for the job you want, not for the job you have. So the way I see it is, my setup right now is for the status of podcaster that I want to be, not for the status that I actually am. Thank you all so much, and let's get started. On today's segment of Seriously Jess, I wanted to share that I started an Instagram account for all my little DIY projects that I do around my house. It's called my little home underscore 1623 because my little home wasn't available on its own and I needed to find a way to make it available. So it is my little home underscore 1623. And um, I've been creating little Instagram reels over there. You've seen I painted the doors in my hallway. We repurposed um, an old entryway table and we made little desk uh, like nightstand hybrids. And that's actually where my setup is right now. So that came in clutch. Um, I made a DIY vase. I have a bunch of other stuff that I want to do. Honestly, that's that's a hobby that I've just been really exploring. And um, I decided to make an Instagram account for that. And this is not just a shameless plug for that Instagram account. This is actually part of what we're going to be talking about today. 
girl, how do you fill your cup? Like, seriously, how many times do you hear people say, you need to fill your cup? You can't serve others from an empty cup. You can't do like anything if you're not taking care of yourself first. Okay, um, how? How do I fill my cup? What do I do? And what I've learned is that for every single person, it's going to be different. And for every single person, it's going to be catered to what do you enjoy? What makes you happy? Where are your interests? And for me, um, some of the things that fill my cup are creating. I have recently tapped back into my creative side and I've really been just going with the flow with that one and, and kind of letting it take me wherever it does. But I have, I, I've been in, I've been creating a lot more, whether it's podcast episodes, whether it's DIY projects on my, um, on my, my little home Instagram, whether it's journaling, whether it's, you know, reading, uh, I've gotten back into just writing a little bit and I've, I've really created this, uh, little lineup of things that truly fill my cup. Now, as a mom of two, I don't do all the things all the time, every single day. Let me tell you, I just don't. I think the expectation to do a whole routine when it comes to self-care or when it comes to filling your cup, um, almost sets you up to fail because unless you have the time or the lifestyle where you can, or your routine is short, not short, I don't want to say short, but if your routine is something that is implemented into the day so regularly, then cool. Like that, that's what works for you. But for me and my life and the way it is at the moment and having two little kids, I'm not doing that all the time. But one of the big, big, big things that I've really kind of dove into is design and DIY and home decor and interior design and just a lot of uh, getting into that realm and that world. Now, guys, I am not, repeat, I am not an interior designer. I am not a professional. I am not, I have zero background in design. I have zero knowledge other than what I'm learning through different creators and, and the information they put out to other people and different DIYers and things like that. I am not a professional whatsoever. What I am is somebody who knows what they like. I know what looks good to me. I know what I enjoy doing in my home and in my spaces. And I really zeroed in on that. And I, that's what I've been doing for the last few years, to be honest, just here and there, little things, quick little background. So I have never been a crafter. I've never been somebody who could draw. I never really painted. I never did anything that, that when you think of art or like arts and crafts, I didn't fall into that category. When I was younger, I knew I was creative because I loved to write and I could create these worlds or these stories or just these like 
things in my head. Like I knew I was creative in that way, but I wasn't when I used to think of art or an artist or someone in that way, I didn't consider myself that even, even today, um, I don't fall into that category when I think of creative. I was encouraged to focus on school because doing well in school made you successful in life. So my creativity came out through writing papers for school. When I was in my English classes growing up and then into college also, sometimes I'd have to write a research paper or I'd have to write a paper that didn't really leave much room for creativity, but I found a way to make it not so dry. Um, That was the way that I let my creativity shine through. Never through art, never through. In fact, I remember in high school, one of the graduation requirements was that you had to take some sort of art class. And I used to see people walking down the hallway with like their drawings. And I remember there was this one assignment that art students had to do where it was like dot painting or something like that. Like they had a picture and it was basically just a bunch of dots. And I was like, I don't want to do that. Like I don't want to do that, but I have to do something. So I ended up in a photography class and not for me. I appreciate photography and I appreciate the people who have that natural eye for photography. It wasn't for me. I didn't have the eye to get a certain shot like that. I just, I didn't. And that's kind of when I was like, yeah, no, this is, this is not going to happen. Um, and then the only really like the only real place that I could show my creativity to a degree was in my bedroom because of how I would decorate my room. And growing up, um, we never really painted our bedrooms. Like we weren't, we didn't have that, um, freedom, I guess. Like we, we, our, our bedrooms weren't like today, if you walk into my kids' bedrooms, even though they're little, they each bedroom has a theme and, you know, you you utilize different paint colors to create a different mood in each of their bedrooms and both of their bedrooms are so different. Um, my brothers and I, it wasn't like that in our houses. Um, we weren't really allowed to have posters up on the wall. And I don't, I don't think it was for any reason other than just my dad was like, no, like don't put posters up. If you're going to put something on the, on the wall, like make it meaningful. So like in my room, I had any awards that I won in school, any ribbons, any medals, um, pictures. I never really had like picture frames up on my walls, but I did have like um, on your dresser mirror, like the wallet size pictures. I would have that. Um, I think in other bedrooms I had, like, as I got older and I started dating anything that like a boyfriend would give me or, um, you know, when I started dating my husband who is super crafty and super artistic. I mean, some of the things that that boy has made me, um, really solidified the fact that I am not artistic in that way, but that would be all up on my walls. Like, it, it, um, I went through a phase where I was super into Hello Kitty and I had Hello Kitty stuffed animals everywhere. Like 
that was the extent of my decorating. I didn't, um, I didn't have like any knowledge on what design styles were, um, the directions that you could take design in that there were kind of these rules that you could follow, or you could choose to break, but that the decisions that you made in a space could really make or break your space. I didn't know that I was young. I was middle school, elementary. No, not elementary. I don't think we decorated our rooms then, but I was like middle school, high school. Then I got into college and I didn't know. When I got married, it was the first time that I lived on my own. I didn't go away to college. I didn't live on my own at all. So when I got married, it was the very first time. And it was the first, it was the first time that we had full creative freedom on how we wanted to decorate a space. And I was so excited because we actually ended up moving into my mother-in-law's back place and we completely redid it. I mean, we added in new floors, we painted the walls. Um, again, my husband being the crafty one created this like vanity space for me so that I could get ready in the mornings. It was a very small place very small place, but we made it work for us. And that first house now, knowing what I know, I think with like the color palette that we chose and the decorative elements that we chose, um, that first place leaned more towards like the rustic farmhouse style. Um, and I think it was also at a time where like farmhouse style was very, very popular. Um, we had like a wall decal that said something about family and we had um, mason jars that we used as like vases and we had um, we had just gotten married too. So like a lot of the decor that we used for either like our engagement party, um, our wedding, that's what we used around the house. And then um, what we learned in that house of how it kind of went was that Carlos was the DIYer. He was the person that I could say like, oh, I really want this. And then he would make it happen. Um, I was the person that would say, hey, what do you think about? Or like, is it possible to do? And that was kind of the relationship that we had when it came to designing and decorating and, and taking it down that route. Well, then we go into... Um, 2020 and we bought our first house. I was over the moon. I was so excited because now we had more space. We had designated areas. So now like all these things that I was seeing on Pinterest, I'm like, we can do that in our space because we have a house. We don't have this like tiny little box. And we made the number one mistake that people make when they move into a new place, whether it's renting, leasing, buying, whatever, uh, we tried to get it full and decorated fast. And that meant that we picked pieces that we weren't really in love with, or we were in love with at the time, but we didn't really give ourselves time to see where our styles would evolve into. But also in 2020, we get hit by a pandemic and we're forced to stay home. And suddenly everybody is doing things to their house. Everybody is doing projects. Everybody is like 
either renovating or DIYing. Like everybody was starting to tackle those areas of their homes that probably they always wanted to tackle and they just never got a chance to because everybody was home. And we were home in a brand new house. So it was a lot of time spent on YouTube and uh, the algorithm really targeting that type of content and making me, um, you know, uh, what's the word that I'm looking for? Oh my gosh, what's the word? Exposing me. exposing me to a new type of content on YouTube because prior to that I was all about like the beauty gurus and the vloggers and just um what YouTube originally was so transitioning over to this whole area of YouTube where it was like design and DIY and thrifting and like these things that I was like what like this is a community on YouTube that I didn't even know existed but it did And Carlos and I watched so much stuff. And the thing that was really cool about it was I, I veered toward the side of the design and the decorative stuff and smaller DIY projects that were manageable for me that required very minimal tools. And the tools that it did require, um, Carlos had them and he could help me with like just very, I would say beginner style things. Carlos veered toward the direction of woodwork and building and how to make different things in your house, um, like flower beds or just different, I can't even, like a, a fountain, if you wanted to make a fountain, a fire pit, just different things. So it was in the same world, but we were going in different directions we just like, we got sucked in. We wanted to do everything and anything to our house. The problem was that when we bought our house, we had bought a home that had been flipped, meaning they purchased, whoever purchased the home basically switched out almost everything to make it look brand new, give it a facelift and then sold it. So we got everything brand new. The more we lived in the house and the more I got into this whole like hobby of design, I realized that A, the materials that they used were fairly cheap because when you're flipping a house, you want to make a profit on it. You don't want to put more money into the house than what you're going to get back. So the materials are fairly cheap. The paint that they used on the walls um, was a color that to me, I was over it. It was like a blue, gray style, but it was in a matte finish and it was not cool because anytime that the walls got any sort of like, um, moisture or, uh, just, it showed a lot of stuff on the walls for a matte finish and I didn't like it. Uh, the, the house also seemed very dark with that color. So it was that, uh, they use just very basic fixtures for the shower and for the sinks and just It was all very basic, very base level materials, which at the time we didn't care. It was an upgrade to like to from what we were coming from. So we didn't care. But the more we lived in the house and the more we were kind of like, oh, why is this chipping already? Or like, oh, why is this this? Or, Or like, why is this happening? We realized we could change it. And that that became really fun because we had even though the house was 
essentially brand new. We were the first person, we were the first family to live in the house after it had been flipped. So it, it was essentially brand new. We had a blank canvas to work with. So that was, that was really, really fun. When we first moved into the house, we took quite a few trips to Ikea just because we needed like basic things. And I think if you need to stock up on living items, um, Ikea is a great place. They're affordable. You can get pretty much everything in one place if it's in stock. And at the time that was the issue Were things in stock. We didn't know how long it was going to take before they were in stock. But when we would go, we would walk the showroom and now the reality of these spaces could actually exist in our home because we have the space. We started getting inspiration and we started thinking, what do we want to do in our house? But we would go and we would get ideas. And I think being there and seeing how certain items were used, I, I really think that I had, I, I developed this love for staging and for like, oh my gosh, you could you could really do a lot of things with the same thing. And in that, in that love for staging, I was like, you, you don't have to buy brand new things all the time because that's what I would do. I would want to redecorate my room as a kid. I say kid, but I mean like high schooler, early, early adult, like when I first got a job and I would just buy everything brand new again. I would get rid of like my bedding and I would get brand new bedding. Um, I would just do all the, I never, I, I never thought about the concept of like shopping your home, moving things around from one room in your home to another room because it could give it a different look or it could give it a different life. Um, I didn't, I didn't start to think about being resourceful in that way until I started watching this type of content on YouTube and on Instagram. And I really think that the pandemic played a big part in that because I wouldn't have thought about house things if it hadn't have been for, well, maybe it was also buying a house that played a big role in that. Cause I don't know that I would have necessarily thought to do that at that time. I, I was very limited with what I could do at my house before because it was so small. YouTube introduced me to a, a different genre of influencer. And I was like, this is what I like this is what I want to be doing. This is the content I want to be consuming. I don't want to talk about makeup anymore. I'm over the makeup. I'm not even wearing makeup. I was pregnant at the time. It started off as something that I just enjoyed consuming. And then what it did was that it created this big shift in my personal style. When I got pregnant, my body changed and I was struggling with that. And the way that I dressed was hard. And I was like, I, I don't, you know, the trends that were coming out and like, I used to have a body that could dress like that. And I didn't mind it. I now had a body that I was still trying to dress that way. And it wasn't working. So through this genre of content that I started watching, I started being introduced to the idea of thrifting. And I always had this like negative view on thrifting. And I'm, I, I, I don't know where it came from because my parents sure as hell didn't tell us this, but I just thought, oh, like, why would I go to a thrift store to buy things that somebody else owned? I donated to Goodwill all the time when I was like in my early, early twenties, because I would constantly do these like closet purges and stuff. I would 
donate to Goodwill. It was like an easy way for me to, or I used to give my clothes to my now sister-in-law. Um, like I would give my clothes to other people and I'd be like, have at it. And I used to take my aunt's hand-me-downs. So technically I just like, I was doing the same thing. I just wasn't paying for it. But the idea of paying for a secondhand item, I was like, ew, why? Like, why would I do that? In this new genre of content, I was like, oh my God, like you can find some really amazing thrifted finds, not only like clothing items, but home decor stuff. And the concept of, of um, thrift flips came up and I started watching, like I just binged all of these different thrift flips. And I'm like, how does somebody, there's an influencer that I watch. And if you're into this genre of content, you probably know who she is. It's, um, her name is Exo McKenna. And I would watch her stuff and I would think, how does one see an item and doesn't see it for what it is, but see it for what it could be? Because I don't have that skill. And I remember Carlos took me thrifting once to a Goodwill. And I was like, I can't find anything cool. Like, how are these people finding cool things? Because I'm not. <laughs> and it was like, because they make them cool. Because they don't start off cool. And I was like, eh, I don't think thrifting is for me. I like it. Like, I like to see it. But even if they show something cool that they found, you're not going to find the same item. Because there's only one or however many someone donated. So I had like a love-hate relationship with thrifting because I never felt like I could score until recently. Because the more you do it, the more you start to see what you like and what you don't like. And now I'm thrifting things and it's so exciting because it's like, oh, I spent $30, but I got items that are like so freaking cool or like um, now I'm working on a gallery wall in my bedroom and I'm using thrifted frames and it gives it such a cool vibe. Um, but again, that's something that I don't think I would have done if it wouldn't have been for this hobby, this hobby for designing and for styling. Another really cool thing that I've done with all of this that I find very empowering if you've never done it before, regardless of if you're a man, if you're a woman, is using power tools. Guys, there was this. <laughs> I probably sound so dumb because people use power tools all the time. And I'm using like the simplest of power tools. But if you've never used a power tool before and you feel it, it's not easy. Not that it's not easy. It's just I've never used a sander before. I see it used all the time and then people like speed up the clip so it looks very smooth. A sander fights you and you're really like putting muscle into like sanding down something. And I woke up the next day and my arms were sore from using it and just like people who sand big pieces of furniture. I'm like, oh my God, I thought sanding was so easy because it looks it, but it's it's not. And it's not that it's not easy. It's more of a labor of love. But there's something so empowering about doing that if you've never done it before. You feel like you've reached this next level of DIYer when you can use a power tool. That's been very empowering for me. And I've I've had the best time doing that because it's opened up this new world of possibilities of the projects that I could work on. And the flips that I can do. And instead of now being the person that's like, hey, Carlos, I was thinking, 
what do you think? You think you can do this? It could be like, hey, can you set up this power tool for me? Because I want to do this. Now, I am still a baby power tool user because the um, desk nightstand hybrids that I told you that we worked on, um, we had to cut a piece of wood. And (laughs) Carlos was like, do you want to try it? And I got scared and I didn't want to um, use the table saw that he has. So he did that. But my point is like you start to trust that you can work up to the next thing. And when you start off from a place where you don't even know what makes you happy, where you don't even know who you are anymore, where you're so sucked into this new role that you're playing, whether it's motherhood, whether it's a new job or being a wife for the first time, like shit, nobody talks about that. The adjustment that you go through when you first get married, because that's an adjustment in itself, especially if you didn't live with your husband or your wife or your partner before getting married, because I didn't. So I was used to life a certain way at my parents' house. And when I got married, let me tell you, big ass adjustment. So when you're in that space of like figuring out what's happening, who you are, how to kind of, it's okay. There's a ride at Knott's Berry Farm. I think it's like the, I don't remember what it's called, but it's like the circle raft where it's like a water ride and there's waterfalls. Anyway, there's this raft. And when you get on the raft, there's like um the, the ground is spinning. So you had, when you first take that space onto the platform, your brain is kind of tricked into like, whoa, I'm moving, but like, I have to walk that feeling when you're in that feeling in life, finding your footing in something, whether it's in DIY or in designing or whatever the hobby is, that's the concept behind filling your cup. And I'm finally understanding that. And this is why I think I feel so passionate about what I'm doing today because it's giving me my footing, you know? And I think that everybody needs to find it. Building things, building things out of nothing. And whether it's something that you built, like I bought um, a shelf, like a cubby system from Target and I built it, typically something my husband would have done, but I built it. Seeing it come to life and looking at that piece of furniture in my son's room and being like, I built that. Nobody cares that I built it. And I actually did it incorrectly because I broke one of the little dowels. So it's a little wobbly, but I did it. And even the mistake that was made, I made that mistake because I did it. And there's empowerment there, empowerment that I didn't have before and empowerment that really made me feel like I was locked into place and I couldn't explore or I couldn't branch out of the role that I was in, which was mom. Doing that, like finding that hobby, learning new skills, like skills that come second nature to some people um, are brand new to me, but learning all of that, it, it allowed me to take a leap of faith. Now, all of this to say, when you think about finding this area has allowed me to take a leap of faith on myself. Finding this hobby totally by accident has allowed me to take a leap of faith on myself because this was something that I was doing that that I was interested in long before I, well, not that long before, but before I had kids. And because it was something that I was doing before, I didn't think about it as a hobby. Like I didn't think about it as the, oh, this is the thing that's going to fill my cup. I just thought about it as I like to keep my home looking nice. I like 
I'm proud of my home. I'm proud of, of the, I mean, we bought an empty house. I'm proud of what my home feels like. I'm proud of when someone walks into my house and says, wow, Jess, your house is beautiful. Like that's me and Carlos, but that's me, you know, like creating a feeling when you walk into a space, like I'm proud of that. And I think that I didn't see that as a hobby. I thought of that as like, I don't know. I don't know what I thought about what I thought it was, but I didn't think that that could be the thing that could fill my cup because I was trying to think of like something deep to fill my cup. What other people say fill, fills their their cup and makes them and brings them joy. Like I was looking for that stuff. And I've mentioned this in the past two episodes, but when I talk about self-care and when I think about self-care, I used to think self-care fell under the realm of like a spa type experience. Like that's self-care. And it is. It can be. But girl, if you need self-care, you're not running to the spa every time you need it. And let's be honest, you need self-care every single day. And self-care has to exist in some way, shape, or form every single day, whether you're a parent or not. You have to take care of yourself every single day. And it always circles back to that. And it's like, how are you doing it when the obvious methods of self-care aren't an option? I do think that finding the hobby that brings you joy, finding the thing, maybe it's working with your hands. Maybe it's, I remember talking to a friend of mine who has a small business. This was a few months ago. And I said, God, I feel like I'm ready to do something other than just parent my children. And I don't know what I want to do. And I said, I, I don't like, I want to start something. I want to start a business. I want to do something, but I don't want to do what I see other people doing, not because I don't think it's a successful thing, but it's not what I want to do. Like there has to be something else that I can offer the world that isn't, you know, like selling a product or, or, or not necessarily selling a product, but you know what I mean? Like my friend's business, she has a boutique and I said, like, I don't have the desire to do that, but it doesn't mean that I don't think people who have boutiques are like, I don't think that they're, they're any less important. It's just not what I want to do. And she asked me, well, what do you like to do? Cause what, once you figure out what you like to do, you'll kind of like, that'll, that'll kind of guide you on what your business could be. And I was like, I don't even know. Cause I didn't know. And this was a few months back. So it's not like it's this long time coming. And like I said, it was really tapping into the idea that I enjoy creating and creating doesn't have to be, dude, when I tell you I tried, I tried being, so again, these are women in my life, people in my life that are doing things that they enjoy and are so true to themselves. And because of that, they are so happy doing the things that make them like that, that, they're so happy doing the things that they show out into the world that we get to see and be a part of. My friend owns a small boutique. Uh, I have another friend who's a yoga instructor. I have another friend who started selling um, banana cream pudding, banana pudding. Um, but she started doing that for herself too. And I, and like, to me, I'm like, 
that's amazing. And I'm messaging her being like, I'm so proud of you. And like, yes, do the thing. But if somebody were to tell me like, oh, you should think of something that you can. I think I have a little monster at my door. To me, if you were to tell me, bake something, cook something, I'd be like, I don't want to do that because I don't even like doing that in real life. You know what I mean? Like, so it is about finding the thing to fill your cup because when you find the thing, it opens up all these different doors to possibilities that you weren't even thinking about before. I started my little home. That was a big deal for me. And again, it's a little Instagram account that has like 40, 48, 49 followers, like very little. I've only had it for a month, but that that little Instagram account gave me an outlet to do something creative with things I was already doing anyway. You know what I mean? Like I didn't start this Instagram account to go create content that I wasn't already doing in my everyday life. Like it, I just now record it and make really cool reels that I think are really cool. I now, you know, my parents are going to be moving into a new house pretty soon and I get to help decorate it. That is so freaking cool. That's also a challenge for me because it's not my style. It's their style. So can I make someone else's style come to life? That's super exciting. That's giving me a motivation and this, this, um, like it's bringing me back to life, which is something I didn't have before. There's learning. I love to learn. Like I love to be a student and I haven't done that in such a long time. And, and I, I really went in head first learning about becoming a mom for the first time and, and all the things like baby led weaning and all of these things and to Montessori or not to Montessori and, and all of these different areas of, of raising a small child, I've, I've done the research. Like I've, I've done the, the learning on that, how to gentle parent, the benefits of gentle parenting, things like that. But still it felt like it was geared towards my children. It didn't feel like it was something that I was learning for myself because I wanted to learning about design, learning about styling, learning about staging, learning about thrifting, learning about power tools, learning about all of these brand new things that I'm super excited about. They're for myself. Whether I learn this new area or not, it has no impact or no bearing whatsoever on my children. And that has brought me so much joy because for the first time, there is something that if it, it, it only truly affects me, and for the first time, I am so excited for it to just be about me, you know, and like to not feel selfish about it. And there's this new life that's like been breathed into me that I didn't have before. And it started with finding a hobby. So the concept of filling your cup, now I'm like, I understand it because when I don't listen to myself, when I don't focus on myself, when I don't give myself a small project or something to do where it's just for me, I notice the difference in that. I notice the difference in how I spend my day. I notice the difference in how I react to my children, in how I treat my husband, in how I approach my, my day to day when I neglect myself. The concept of filling my cup makes sense now. And again, it's not something that's always easily done. Sometimes you do have to make the time for it, but I get it now. And I didn't before. So I think that that's, that's 
that's a win in itself, if you ask me. What is like, what does this all mean? It means that self-care is important. At the end of the day, self-care is important. And I think that figuring out what works for you in terms of self-care can make a big difference in your life. I highly encourage anybody that's listening right now, I'm going to give you some homework. Think about what is one thing you can do for yourself that can count as self-care that might make your day or your your week a little bit easier. It, it, is it getting up five minutes earlier so you can have just five minutes of nothingness? Is it stepping outside and just feeling the sun on your skin for a few minutes? Is it something major like starting a podcast or like starting that business idea that you didn't think you could or like, 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 is it putting yourself out? Whatever it is, like I challenge you, think about what can be considered self-care and try to implement that this week. And Pay attention to how does it affect you when you prioritize yourself. I mean, self-care doesn't have to be this long, elaborate thing. It doesn't have to be this full routine. It could be just a few moments. It could be stop at Starbucks on your way home from work or on your way to work and have someone else prep your coffee instead of you. It could be eat lunch outside, whatever, like whatever it is, give yourself that. Try giving yourself that and see if that works because it's made a world of a difference in my life. Before we close out this episode, I want to leave you all with a little bit of a wisdom nugget. It kind of ties everything back that we've talked about, self-care and everything. And that is eliminate the idea that you're being selfish because you're putting yourself first. Whoa. That was actually really good. Let's say that again. Eliminate the idea that you're being selfish because you're putting yourself first. Because guys, can't give the best of yourself if you're not taking care of yourself. So thank you all so much, so much for making this dream of mine a reality, for making this a possibility for giving me something to look forward to, for giving me an outlet for my creativity and for the jumbled mess that's in my brain. Thank you so much to everybody who's reached out and to everybody that's listening and to everybody that will hopefully share this podcast so that we can get more listeners. Thank you so, so much. Tune in next time. Um, I'm hoping that within the next few weeks we can get our first guest on the podcast what yes i want to get a guest on here so stay tuned for that thank you so 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 much for taking the time to listen to me and i will see you all next week bye